Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. Uh, you know, we don't have Mooney for this one, but Sahadev's joining us directly from the Wrigley Field press box. So it is as if we are, you know, just like a huge mass of media personalities <laughs> here in the podcast. And you will probably hear them in the background as they you know, poke at Sahadev and, and try to, try to, what's the, what's the, what's the audio version of video bombing? Like audio bombing? Is anybody yeah, going to jump on your mic real quick? Well, there's a, I, I mean, I'm in a booth that I've never, like, I don't really know who, who's in here during the game. So uh, who knows when someone shows up and kicks me out in the middle of the podcast and just says, you're not supposed to be in here. Please leave. Pat so Hughes walks we'll in. What, what are you doing in here? <laughs> His sweater is not hanging up ah. on the wall here, so I don't think he belongs in here. This ejection of Sahadev <laughs> is brought to you by Gold Coast Bank. Uh, all right, so the uh, the Cubs are fixing to face the Reds this weekend. We are recording shortly before the first game of the series, assuming it happens, weather permitting. So um, you fine folks are probably listening to this uh, after that game in which the Cubs presumably continued along They're very winning ways. So they've just swept the Pirates, and that puts them, we were just talking about it, what, uh, 15 and 6 over their last 21? Uh, Sounds right. And it hasn't, you know, what's interesting is we talked at the outset of this stretch, um, you know, right around the time when they had swept the Dodgers in that three-game series when it was like sort of a joke that they could possibly do that, and then they did. And we saw this chunk of the season looming when it was like there's a lot of winnable games right now and if they're going to keep themselves in the conversation um this they're gonna have to do a whole lot of winning in may and here we are for the last series of may and they've done exactly that yeah and i i'm i'm doing exactly what uh you know i have to keep reminding myself that it was an easy stretch of play so i don't we got to be careful not to read too much into it but also to not you know dismiss it altogether they're playing better baseball they look like a better team uh they're doing it you have to remember good teams beat the bad teams right like that's what they're supposed to do the biggest frustration uh for fans beyond just the poor play early on was that it it was they were winnable games against uh what everyone expected to be you know average to below average teams coming into the season so those first three weeks uh it was like wow they're losing to teams that you know nobody expects to be like you know, world beaters. Uh, obviously, the real test is, is about to come uh, after this Red Series. It's a very daunting schedule, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they do. But this is a completely different team, and it's been much more fun to cover. And I'm sure for fans, been much more fun uh, to watch. Uh, it's it's a different team right now. It's a it's not like the hot streaks that we've seen in the past few years, in my opinion, but uh, we'll see how sustainable it is and how realistic it is that they can keep uh, keep playing at this pace. Well, and get this, the last time we were talking about how things looked different and the team looked more competitive and, um, you know, a switch had been flipped, a lot of that was predicated on the offense becoming a little more consistent, a little more contact-oriented, and like the two guys we were calling out, at that time were Matt Duffy and Jake Marisnik, uh, not necessarily for like carrying the load, but for the way they sort of changed the dynamic, right? Well, they've been injured and out for a mm-hmm. long time. And so it, as much as we do correctly acknowledge this has been a softer stretch in the schedule, uh, if you're going to be competitive, you got to beat up on the bad teams. 
it's also true that the Cubs have hardly been even close to full strength during this. I mean, Anthony Rizzo's been in and out. Uh, obviously, Duffy's been on the IL. Jason Hayward's been on the IL. Jake Marisnik, Nico Horner, uh, several relievers. And so, really, the only aspect of the team that's been unmarred by uh, injury so far is the starting rotation. And as we know, the starting rotation has been kind of the area that we've been concerned about. So uh, that too is impressive that even as the Cubs are now relying on guys like Patrick Wisdom and Rafael Ortega and uh, just filling and patching where they can, they still managed, for example, to sweep that Pirates series. And I mean, definitely big credit for that, that that there's no no sense of like oh people were doubting us anyway and now we don't even have full strength and so okay like you just don't see a lot of yield yeah no i I, even in spring training i remember i kind of liked the depth and and it (laughs) i don't even i can't remember who uh, there was another infielder who am i blanking on it well because we weren't like big on duffy you know it's not like we were Hey, this Matt Duffy signing, I think, is going to surprise some people. No, nobody was really on that. But it was, you know, Marisnik Vargas, is Vargas really... was getting sorry. Vargas was getting more attention as like the extra depth guy. He's gone now, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, obviously Duffy has stepped up, Marisnik stepped up, and and they. I mean, like Patrick Wisdom had a big game the other day, and and we barely talked about it. I mean, there's a reason we didn't talk about it, but but I mean it. The, those are the types of things you need, right? When you have injuries, I don't know how long it'll last. The the good thing about the injuries are none of them are like the devastating type where it's like multiple months. Uh, you know, Nico, we just talked to him in pregame and it sounds like uh, they, they dodged, uh, you know, the worst case scenario there. Uh, he said, you know, if you saw me, if, if you looked at me and, and, and saw that it, it immediately took away, like this is a guy like writhing in pain, it was more... I knew I was going to miss some time and I was frustrated. It wasn't, this is a worst case scenario hamstring injury. It was, man, this is definitely going to keep putting me on the IL and I'm pissed about it type Dude, situation. You're you're revealing this right now, like as we're recording, like you haven't written any of this up yet, have you? No. Okay. So this is like me first hearing this and I'm like trying to stifle my excitement as you're saying, <laughs> as you're explaining that. Cause like I very much was someone who's watching and I was like, oh shit. He's a tough dude, yeah. and if he's act, if he's looking like that, that is, you know, for real. And then the first signal, we can just talk about Horner for a minute. Um, the when David Ross said, and he said this about Jake Marisnik's hammy, also uh, mild to moderate. Now, historically, those are like clinical terms. Mild is grade one, moderate grade two, severe grade three. Um, and I couldn't get a sense for whether that's just how Ross speaks about hammies. He's like, yeah, you know, it's. Not not awful, but it's it's definitely definitely strained. He calls that mild to moderate, or if it's legit mild to moderate, because then it's like, oh, this might not be a two month thing, which I was assuming two months minimum as I was watching yeah. him on the ground. I think I read you write that. Uh, I think that was you that wrote it. Maybe not Michael. And and I I read that, and I like my sense was that he was relaying what he'd heard. Uh, he because. Like, yeah, that, that was the sense I got. I didn't confirm that, but uh, that, along with what Nico said, along with what uh, Jed told some of the traveling reporters, uh, I, I've gotten the sense that this is more uh, Jake Marisnik timeline than worst case scenario timeline. I think they they missed out on that, luckily. 
obviously a bad bad time to miss a month about, which is probably my guess. That's about what Marisnik is going to miss, right? I, I my sense is Marisnik is coming back soon. How many weeks is that? Then he's uh, at about three and a half right now. Okay, so I would put it at. Like as long as there's no setbacks, as long as nothing happens, I think that's the timeline we're looking at for him. Uh, similar timeline for uh, Steele, although I don't really know how the difference between a pitcher and a position player how that may turn out. Uh, maybe he can come back a little bit sooner. Uh, I think they've missed. You know, I think they've gotten a little bit lucky here. Uh, we're talking about go look at the Mets, right? I think uh, McNeil and there's one other uh, big big player that has a hamstring on them that's missing like two plus months. Uh, that they Michael had, Conforto. They, yeah, yes, I was like, which you. one? Like Nimmo's out and uh, uh, a JD ton Davis of players. Is out. <laughs> yeah. Is out. I, yeah, they have so many players, uh, and so I, I guess a that like uh, the Cubs can't uh, whine about that, so to say. You know, and they're not. Well, they're certainly not. Can I that, inject? Because sure. initially, I'd had that same thought as the Cubs were having all these injuries. I was like, well, look, the Mets like entire starting lineup is out, so you can't complain. However, I saw like the metrics on how much teams are missing right now. And yes, the Mets are on an island by themselves, but the Cubs are right there next. Like the Cubs are actually quite banged up. Are they? Well, I know they're like top five. Last I looked, uh, Baseball Prospectus has that great little uh, uh, thing now. Uh oh. Uh, uh, does someone want me out? Uh, <laughs> I, may, I may need to get out. Yeah. Uh, like I said. Uh, I, I thought maybe he was just saying hi to us. So I'm, we're going to, we're totally going to leave this in what's ha- and I'll, I'll, I'll narrate what's happening right now. So, you know, like I said at the top, Sahadev is recording in a booth at Wrigley. And uh, as we're talking in the window behind him, someone appears and is sort of waving. And I thought it was just somebody sort of like saying, Hey, but no, it was someone being like, Hey, you get out of my booth. So Sahadev is, is, is being ejected right now. This is awesome. This he at least he mute, he muted himself so we can't hear that he's like oh I'm in trouble. This is excellent. This is this is some just great theater. We're getting a little That's, behind the scenes tour of the press box. Seriously, this is, this is our producer this is Michael is hopping on now. Yeah, <laughs> Sahad is chuckling. He's bemused. All right, I've been I've been told I, I I'm allowed to stay in here. He he just didn't know what was going on. Let me plug back in. Oh, we nice. don't lose power here. Uh, we can we can wrap up. I mean, not wrap up, but we can we can do the podcast as long as. What do you think here? Come game time. What do you think he (laughs) thought you were doing in there, Sadif? Who knows? Who knows what he thought? Uh, Just like a little something nefarious. Just a little private terrible reputation I have in here. No, Uh, no. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Who knows what he thought? But he he was nice enough to say, if you want to stay in there, I can go sit in the press box. So, so so anyway, we we wrapped kind of there on the Cubs being very banged up, Um, and you know, as it it occurred to me as uh, these two topics coalesce, the tough schedule ahead and all these injuries, you know, the Cubs are going to be without. Nico Horner for basically this whole stretch. We don't know if Jason Hare will be back um, or if he will be improved. Uh, he his We don't have to get into it, but his start to the season has kind of escaped a lot of direct discussion, I think, because there was other things happening. But um, for the, a guy who was one of the two best hitters on the team last year, he, he really was coming out to a slow start. And so um, certainly you wouldn't bet on a hamstring injury turning a guy's season around but sometimes that ability to reset away can do a little something yeah i I mean i feel like this has always been jason hayward uh but 
the extremes have been uh, clear, like clearer in Chicago, where he he just he's a very streaky offensive player, and when he gets in a zone, like he gets on tears, uh, and and he gets you know like his timing. We've talked about this before, but his timing, his swing is so. Uh, unorthodox i guess that uh, the timing is so essential like if it's slightly off that's when you see all those four threes and and just uh, the frustration that fans have especially early on in his career with the cubs it's it, he never really got on those um hot streaks and we don't need to dive into why but there was a lot going on there with his swing and he finally started to get it i want to say in like 18 or 19 and we would start to see those hot streaks and obviously 20 was pretty much an entire hot streak for him uh i I think he was about to get on one. It looked like it. He was starting to swing, swing it better. He was hitting the ball harder and finally on a line instead of on the ground. And and when he goes oppo with the ball, that's when you know his timing is right because he's a he's different than today's uh, uh, offensive players who like to get the ball out in front. He likes the ball. His swing is geared to the ball, like getting deeper in the zone. Uh, so when he's going opposite field on a line, it's like, okay, his timing's there. He's going to start going on a little bit of a run as long as he stays healthy. So uh, while, yeah, maybe it helps to kind of reset and, and he can stay on time, uh, it is, I question, like, uh, this is exactly what's derailed him in the past. Like uh, 18 or 19, there were times where it's like, uh, Jason Hayward's gotten hot, getting hot, and then uh, he's going to miss a two weeks with this or he got that i think there was a concussion once i think there was a i can't remember all the injuries but you know there's been little things and it threw him off his rhythm and he came back and he couldn't find that same streak he was on and hopefully that's not the case and hopefully he this is the reset that he needs but yeah yeah that's it, uh, you know the cubs need uh as many bats as they can get because I don't know uh, how much you can count on uh, Patrick Wisdom and Rafael Ortega really being consistent. Uh, not not to rip them in any way, but a, a tremendous uh, job finding depth, quality depth this offseason. But uh, you need your best players in the lineup more regularly, especially at the stretch they're about to go into. Yeah, and you wonder too when Hayward is ready to come back. It's not hard to imagine that Marisnik is ready to come back at the same time and now Ian Happ is already back. Jock Peterson is already back. There were times when both of them were out that afforded the ability for the Cubs to play both Matt Duffy and Jake Marisnik regularly, even when Hayward was healthy. And that, then it's like, oh, when they all come back and you're, for example, if you're wanting to put Duffy at third, so Chris Bryant has to play in the outfield, that clips out a spot right there. And then you've got Jock, who's hot as anybody in baseball, and Ian Happ is really turning things around and Mriznik is back, you start to wonder what that playing time share is going to be like. And, you know, we don't have to go down that road right now because these guys will come back over time. But it is, it's been interesting that until now, when you have so many guys out at the same time, until now, it was like everybody coordinated nicely because it was like one dude was hurt at a time. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so one thing we have to touch on, uh, I say have to. It's more like we get to because that's the 
that's what life is like when you cover Javi Baez. It's like, look at the delight that we get to uh, bask in. And of course, if you haven't seen it, which is it possible at this point? I don't know how. I don't know how you missed it. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen that play, it. I don't. I don't know. Like, are you not online enough? I mean, I get, or you just had a really busy day at work, or the kids are on your butt, or what? But <laughs> if you missed that play, you missed the most, one of the most incredible things I've ever witnessed. Like, I, I don't. So I'm not sure if people notice this, but when I'm kind of off, if Patrick's on, I, I don't tweet about the game. I just kind of try and stay offline. I, I do keep. Tabs on what's going on. Often I'll sit and watch the game at home, even if I'm not writing or on, so to say. Uh, but I, I avoid Twitter. But that play, which if you haven't seen it, it Brett, do you, do you want to describe what happened? Uh, I would love to. My yeah, entire career has been building to to having the privilege to describe a play like that. So uh, two outs. You got Wilson Contreras on second. You got Javi Baez up. And, you know. There's a, there's a part I've been, so I've watched the play. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like 50 times. Cause I just oh, yeah. enjoy Same. it so much. It's so it's you notice such a fun uh, you know, time to watch. One thing that I find that nobody has really commented on is that, so it was an O2 pitch, right? And it was O2 like up at his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, only yeah. Javi swings at that pitch, let alone pulls that pitch and pulls it hard. No, hard. no discussion yeah. of that part. That's just kind of, he happens to pull it right at the third baseman who gives one of those sort of ole plays and kind of tosses it over to first. Javi's beat by 30 steps. But the throw pulls the first baseman, Will Craig, up the line a little bit. So he's waiting for Javi to just arrive so he can tag him, as any runner would. And Javi doesn't. He just sort of kind of teases back a little bit. And then he prances back a little bit more. And what was so artful about what Baez was doing is he never gave Craig or anyone else watching, including the entire rest of the Pirates roster, a moment to realize, wait, 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 I don't need to be chasing this guy. Yeah. You know, Javi was the uh, the rabbit at the Greyhound track, you know, that, that, that goes around the middle that the, the, the that they're chasing. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if the dogs would just stop and think for a second, it's like, wait, 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 what am I doing? <laughs> why am I, ch- why am I chasing it? I don't need to do this. That was, so that was Will Craig. Time. He did not have the opportunity at any moment to be like, wait a minute. If I literally just walk backwards and touch first base, this inning is over, no run is scoring, and it's all it's all just like a funny little thing that, you know, people listening to this wouldn't have seen. But instead, he chases Javi all the way back to the plate, and like one step short of the plate, he decides, unbelievably, to toss the ball to the catcher, because Wilson Contreras, <laughs> very heads up, just kept running. And he slides into the plate, and the catcher... Also, just has the total Javi-induced brain fart instead of being like, wait a minute, man. Thanks for throwing me the ball, but like, just take it back to first base. Just, I don't need this. You take yeah. it, walk it back to first, play over. So the catcher tries to tag Contreras out. It's close play. He's safe. Javi stands there <laughs> waving safe. Because <laughs> Javi, see, he's so magical. He did it to himself even a little bit. He's yeah. like, holy <laughs> shit, he's safe. <laughs> Oh, wait, I need to get to first base to or first. none of this counts. And you can see it. You can see him like do the safe and then kind of like tense up and like, oops, I got to go run. And he turns around and like runs his butt off. Oh, my God. It was so fun. It was, it, oh, geez. And then it, yeah, not one, on. but two 
Pirates infielders simply could not catch the ball in order to either complete the play at first or tag him out at second. If either of those are caught, he, he gets out. But Javi just has, yeah. that's, that's the effect that he has. Yeah, it, it was just one of those. So uh, Boog Shambi was in the press box earlier today and, and I texted him after the game and just said, I know you guys are not at the ballpark, but that was an awesome call. Still, you guys were able to do a great job with it. Uh, and then we talked about it again. And just like if you go, I'm sure people have watched it a hundred times. If you watch it again, just remember they're watching what we're watching. So they don't see the whole play. It would have been a different call if they were there. I almost think it may have been more fun to listen to both of them. Like, because you see Wilson, like all of a sudden show up out of nowhere in the screen and Boog's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like what's going on? Like type thing. And <laughs> their reaction is just so natural and pure. I loved it. And, and JD was great. He was just like totally into it. And he's like, he's invisible. I'll keep going. Well, I loved that. When, when Javi the, the, got to second base, after all the shenanigans <laughs> ball gets away jd was all of us all of us were like just keep going just keep going and then the camera panned because i think that was the same feed that they got and it showed oh wait the third baseman's right there yeah. with the ball who cares he's invisible but, just go and it was just so fun and i like live watching it i'm sure you were reacting crazily i was just like what, what is that why is it he just go to first touch why is this guy not going to first and then I was, like it was just so i was like how is this happening why is this happening like it was just you don't have that type of fun moment just watching a game anymore i don't know it's just i, mean, I shouldn't say you don't have that type of moment anymore it has nothing to do with the, the way the game is played nowadays or anything i'm just saying like Th- those types of moments never happen where you're just like dumbfounded by what just happened on the field. They rarely happen. And then how that happened running back. Like, I love how people are sending out stills of like, you know, try and explain this moment, right? Where they're all at home. Wilson's uh, sliding into the plate. The catcher is trying to tag him. Uh, Javi's there too. And so is the first, like every, there are four people at home on <laughs> ground ball to third. It's just just wild, just fun. I know people want to say like it was just purely a dumb play by the Pirates. I get that. I get that aspect. It was. It was a huge brain fart. But also, imagine you're on the field and you know Javi Baez is known for doing wild things on the field. And you start to approach him with the ball and then he starts going back and it's like, you just forget everything, all everything, like because of his, I'm not saying it's purely him. It's also on Will Craig and, and all his teammates for not just screaming, uh, you know, go touch first. Uh, but Javi deserves some credit there for the reputation that he has of like, oh, I, it's Javi Baez. I got to do something here. Oh, you just forget what everything about baseball, the most basic things about baseball, the things that I've literally talked to my son about this. Uh, in little league stuff like this is little league no 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 don't throw that ball home go touch the bag you had the out at first like the inning was over if you would have just done that and it's just remarkable it was so fun to watch so fun still it's so fun to watch it's just uh, I, I, anyone that's downplaying it or saying it's just purely stupidity that that led to that i, I mean Stop ruining the enjoyment of, of the game. Like, that was a fun moment. Not fun for Pirates fans. Not fun for Will Craig. I feel awful for that guy. I'm sure he, he feels uh, uh, terrible. But it was just really entertaining to watch. And, and uh, Javi can do that. I know, I know it's not purely on him. But when he's out on the field, especially running the bases, it puts an extra thought in, in, the, in, in a defender's mind. Like, uh, I got to deal with this guy. 
and and it worked out there. It'll never happen again. I don't think you'll ever see anything close to that again, and it shouldn't have happened. But it's still <laughs> so glad we got to watch it. It was so fun. It's just it brings out the joy and and kid and all of us. I think watching that and all the different broadcasts. I've watched all of them on Twitter. People that are putting them out there. I think the Pirates. One of the Pirates broadcasts was like talking to the bench coach at the time. I believe and the bench coach is like you hear him like muttering like I've never. I don't think I've ever seen this. <laughs> like, like kind of in the background. And like the the play by play guys like chuckling. He's like, Haha, look at this. He's like, oh, I don't think this is. He's like, well, maybe this isn't very funny. <laughs> and, then, look, and, then, and then that's when the madness happened. That's when you see Wilson come in. And, oh God, just just so much fun. Just a brilliant. Oh, brilliant and, moment. and shouts to to uh, the cameras for catching the Cubs bench with uh, the <laughs> just the two appropriate yeah. reactions, which was. Justin Steele standing up on the rail, clapping in pure awe, like, I cannot believe this is amazing. And then Anthony Rizzo next to him, absolutely losing his mind, cracking up, because he knows. He's seen this. He hasn't seen this specifically, but he's seen Avi for years, and he's just laughing because it's like, who else? You know, there's a reason that Javi has had the El Mago nickname for four years before this. It's because... Yeah, he's doing something this time that is like maybe next tier extreme that you've never seen or that shouldn't be possible or that. But he is that guy, which is why it's like to say that this was predominantly about a big leaguer making a little league mistake. um, Yeah, sure, maybe. And maybe it's just a coincidence that it happened with the one base runner who is known as being the most ridiculous, absurd, magical base runner in baseball. Yeah, just a coincidence that it happened. Uh, no, I'm going to wager a guess. This does not happen with any other base runner running to first base. Um, so, you know, Cubs are clearly going to extend Javi Baez shortly because, you know, you can't, you can't let that go. <laughs> you can't let a guy go who can pull runs out of a hat quite like that. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I think it was a nice reminder, though, you know, because Javi has also had a, a really good May. You know, he, he was struggling deeply in April, like a lot of the hitters were. And he, although he's been doing it in his in an extreme version of Javi's unique way of he just gets the bat on the ball so many times. He's got a huge bat pip because he creates these weird contact angles. He runs well. He's not going to walk. He's going to strike out a crap load and he's going to hit for a lot of power and the end result has been a, a solidly above average hitter and um defensively it's been a weird one he had that play yesterday too the throwing error which it was just like oh javi why are you throwing that uh, and he asked, he put a couple other ones in the dirt too i think his, his throwing yeah. is just off a little bit right now um but at the same time he does that play and you're just reminded not only does he cr- create extra baseball ball ba- ba- extra baseball value in ways that are harder to quantify. He also creates, he also creates the kind of value that I guarantee 29 other fan bases would love to be able to participate in because we can't forget that baseball. Yeah. It's about wins and losses, but we care about wins and losses because wins are fun and losses are not fun. So when you get to watch fun stuff, that's still the point, you know, being entertained is still the point. And so in that way, it's like, how how could you ever let Javi go? You know, if you if you lucked into having this guy as part of your team, how could you ever let him go? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, those first three weeks, 2020, and those first three weeks of this season, I think 
just put him in the rearview mirror and, and remember who this guy is and how much how much fun he is, how much value he brings, and how sometimes that value can is, is immeasurable, right? Like I, I've always said with him, he's one of he's one of the guys where I, I don't try and understand why he's good anymore. Uh, the strikeout rate may be high, the walk rate may be low, the babbit may be high, and all these things that you'd look at and say, yeah, this guy on a normal player, like this guy, it's not sustainable. Well, I don't care. I don't care if, if the numbers say one thing. Sometimes there are players that kind of transcend the numbers, and there's just a, something about them that makes them good to great players, right? It, it happens every once in a while. I think he's one of those guys. He, he proves those numbers, those peripheral numbers that a lot of people like you and I like to lean on. He shows us that this isn't the be-all, end-all. Like, there's something to appreciate about baseball that – that is really sometimes hard to understand unless you just watch it every day and you're like, yeah, there's something special about this guy. Just ride it and enjoy it and and keep it around if you can. Well, uh, we'll wrap it there. Um, Like I said, Cubs, Reds this weekend, and then Padres, Giants, Padres, uh, Cardinals, Mets. It's a real tough stretch. Just brutal. And um, obviously it, it feels like it means it's all the more important this weekend to take two of three from the Reds, particularly at home. Uh, and, you know, Cubs will try to do it banged up. So we'll see how that plays out. We will be back at you on uh, Tuesday to talk about it. And we thank you kindly for listening, as always, to On to Waveland. I am Brett Taylor. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadev Sharma. Get his at The Athletic. Uh, Mooney's is also at The Athletic, uh, wherever he is. I think he's. He's having some family fun, we'll say, uh, this weekend. So good on him. Enjoy that time, Gallagher. And we will see him and the rest of you back next week. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We love you. Email us, too. Oh, gosh. See, that's why he's the producer. That was Michael jumping in because he knows. He's like, Brett's going to forget. He's doing his wrap-up. Brett's going to forget. So he was primed and ready. Yeah, so got to say. Congrats, by the way, to our producer, Michael, who became a papa recently. So he was he was out uh, doing some child rearing. And in that process, the the email, remember we were doing emails that that kind of took a little side, a little side seat. So we're going to get back to that because we did really enjoy that. You guys sent some fantastic emails and um, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's a comment, whether it's a question, whether it's Cubs related, whether it's, um, you know, just about the podcast, whatever get into it. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so that email address is wavelandathletic at gmail.com. Okay. Wavelandathletic at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. And if it's really good, we'll read it. If it's really bad, we'll read it. So really you've just got to hit one of those extremes. So thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.